Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ruth. It's Friday night, which means it's three amigos night, and I'm joined by my other two amigos, Steve Hasty and Mitch. How are you, lads? Very well. Thank oh, good, mate. Good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, as always, plenty of uh, plenty of your usual favourites coming up tonight on the show. Uh, rest in peace, Shane Warne as well, lads. What a shock that was. Not our sport, of course. Cricket uh, was Shane Warne's sport, but 52-year-old heart attack. It's, a, it, it's rocked the, the sports nation, Steve. Absolutely. And coming so soon after the loss for Australia of Rod Marsh as well, another idol in the cricketing world for a generation, perhaps before uh, Shane Warne broke in in 1992 but uh, you know Shane for me was a, a, the most marvellous spin bowler and, and and a great personality and I think that's what you get with cricket isn't it great personalities um, special guy uh, seemed to have a lot of time for everyone um, and I don't think I'll ever forget I mean I'm not a cricket fan but I don't think I'll ever forget that was his that very first ball in t- in his test match career when he put, he put what ended up being the ball of the century in Mike Gatton and bowled him out. You know that th- those type of things just they they turn you in from from a normal football or a normal cricket fan and turn that person into an icon. And it you know I mean that set his career off. Imagine your career being set off. In your very first game, um, tragic loss, tragic loss. Feel for everyone who follows cricket. Um, had a great record um, and just came over and what everything that you're hearing, what a great bloke he was, you know. So yeah, very, very sad, very sad. Very sad indeed. Yeah, Mitch, I mean, I, I guess you probably booed him as much as I did when he was playing for Australia, but uh, he was a character and that's the kind of thing that football needs, cricket needs, all sport needs, characters. They, they need entertainers. It's it's that less of the 0.1% people who aren't just great at what they do from a sporting perspective. They're proper entertainers. They cross boundaries, they cross um, nationalities. People would go out of their way to go and see and play, whether they were Australian, New Zealand, or South African, English, West Indies, or anywhere in the world. Um, and sports, all the poorer without people like that. In it. We need those special people who transcend certain boundaries and are able to do the magical on occasion. Um, and it, it puts a lot of things into perspective when you see someone like that at 52, I believe, um, no longer with her. Um, it's been a, a weird few months for us in the, the Matlas community, that's for sure, losing people. And it it really is just such a terrible shame to see someone like Shane Warne go like that. Yeah, awful, awful uh, circumstances. And, uh, you know, obviously our thoughts are with his family. Um, and you're right, that's been terrible for the NUFC Matters community. But good news on my mother. Uh, she is doing a lot better. Thank you, everybody, for uh, giving us... Uh, you know, letting us know um, what what you know, basically sending your your views and and your, your best wishes, etc. Uh, but from my perspective, um, you know, ultimately she is on the mend, which is which is great, which is great news. Um, so and I'm, I follow really that happy. up with some some more good news as well. Yeah. Obviously, people know about Steve Bennett's Mrs. being trapped in the Ukraine. Um, I've just spent a couple of hours with him because he's back here in Dubai at the moment. She's now safe in Bulgaria with family. <sighs> Fantastic. And Steve's, Steve's going to be flying across to Sofia, I think, on Monday to go and join her. And then they work out a plan about where they go next. You yeah. know, and, and for Steve, 
God love you, mate. Um, we've just had a very good couple of hours spinning yarns and exchanging views and a conversation with him helped me pull my head out of my backside with the first very, very, very first world problem this week. When he turned around and said to me, look, mate, I'm, I don't even know if I've got a home standing at the minute. And it does make you stop and think. He and I, over the last three years through pandemics and takeovers and all sorts, have, have had some very unusual conversations that I don't think any of us thought we would ever have. And we're going to add tonight's conversation to that and all. Um, but she's safe. He's happy. And I'm quite sure, good God, she's made a stern stuff get her and her mother across Ukraine through Romania and into Bulgaria. Um, I don't think you mess with all with Ukrainian women. Uh, I think that's why she drug her mother with her because she wouldn't leave because of her mother, you know, and I've said to Steve the night, that's where it all comes from. And I'm just delighted for him, delighted for her. And uh, I just thought I'd let everybody know that it, it's come to a, a positive end. That's great news. Great news to hear. And I think, you know, that, that everything that's been going on in the world over the last fortnight, and certainly over in in the, in the East there with our friends in Ukraine um, and the people that we know and the people that we come across and the people who we know who have families there. It must be a very, very traumatic time. And I'm so pleased that Steve's managed to get the family out. And, uh, yeah. you know, let's exactly as you say, Mitch, let's see where they what they can do now but the most important thing is they're all safe and uh from that we've got to say you know what a blessing yeah well that's it fantastic and my mom hopefully will be back home um at yeah. some point over the next couple of weeks so uh you know just just you know thanks for everybody for that kind words it, it certainly got me through uh you know quite a difficult couple of weeks and um you know she she's definitely on the mend um which is great so thanks for everybody for that for that kind words uh okay uh as always got plenty to get through um we'll, we'll dive into the chat uh early early doors um chip has asks a very important question lads and it's this Evening, lads. Have you got an opinion on the heartbreaking news that Neighbours is ending after 37 years? Steve. <laughs> uh, someone who hasn't watched Neighbours for 36 years. Uh, not really, Chip. I'm sorry about that, mate. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, Mitch. I've not seen any normal telly for, since the time I landed in Dubai. <laughs> yeah, and got, I would... I wouldn't know people in neighbours if they sat next to us on the bus. I've got to be honest, I was more of a, I was more of a home and away fan. Uh, but, uh, yeah, rest in peace, neighbours. Definitely, it's it's over. Um, and I can't see it getting a new channel. Uh, so, Monkey Suit says, Evening, lads. Eddie talked about Longstaff and his press conference saying he has a future at the club. I personally can't see it. I love a local lad, but I think Sean will push for a move this summer. Yeah, the Longstaffs, we've talked about them um you know, over the last couple of years on the show. Um, Steve, what, what's your view on, on the Longstaffs? Because, you know, Matty and Sean promised so much. Sean, of course, was a subject of speculation about a move to Manchester United at one point. A £20 million fee had been suggested. He then got that horrific injury and never really came back the same player. Uh, struggled like most of the first team did under Bruce. Matty never got a look in under Steve Bruce. No reason, no reason uh, given as to why. Um, when he has, you know, he hasn't let us down. Two goals against Manchester United, the winning goal, of course, it's in James's Park, um, which everybody remembers. But yeah, Longstaffs, have they got a future? Uh, I think they have. I think I think certainly Sean has a, has a future. I think Matty has a future as well. Um, and I think that uh, Eddie Howe is a sort of um, good coach 
who can bring the best out of them. I think that's what they've needed. I think, you know, when you've got to remember, they're just young lads, lads that, that were starting out on their career and then suddenly you have to be put into a situation where, in, and let's face it, judging by the rest of the squad, nobody was getting any proper coaching. Nobody was getting any direction. Nobody's getting any support in that in that particular way. And nobody was identifying exactly what those key players need. You just need, need to see the change in Joe Linton to be able to understand what we're talking about. So in that respect, I think, I think Matty, the potential was there. The ability's there. The skill is there. Maybe he's, he just needs to be supported. And I think exactly the same with Sean. They just need a little bit more direction. But I think that I think they're two great prospects for Newcastle United. And they will certainly have a place in, in any squad that I was putting together. Because not just because they're local lads. And I think local lads are important because we've got to show the future. We've got to show the youngsters that are trying to break through that there are opportunities. This is Newcastle United on a totally different path to the path we've been on for many, many years. And we want to show local lads that they can be part of that journey as well. And if local lads see see the likes of Matty and Sean being discarded, and, and then that's going to disillusion them and it's not going to give the right message. That's not necessarily the reason why I'm saying that they should be kept in, just because there's some sort of figurehead for, for, for local youngsters. But it plays a part. It's an important feature and I think it 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 helps with the development of the football club per se. Um, so I definitely think they've both got both got something to add um, in the next couple of years with Newcastle United. What about you, Mitch? Long staffs, yeah. can you see a future for them? I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about getting the checkbook out in the uh, in the summer, of course. Yeah, we are, but you, you still need a squad, and yeah. you still need people in the background who are part of that squad. Um, I think what it would do with two young players, it would effectively stall them in their development for different reasons. Sean, initially, you didn't really know what was his best place position. Was he a centre midfielder in the sort of the pivot role, or was he more of an advanced number 10 kind of role where he seemed to start to excel? And then all of a sudden, Rafa goes, Bruce comes in, he's being played back in a different position, and then he gets that injury, and that stalls everything. Matty's stolen, came through a distinct lack of, lack of opportunity, and whatever happened there after he signed his new contract and then wasn't played. Um, and so they've both had a stolen development for different reasons. Um, but as Steve just touched on, if you see what Hope can do with Joel Linton, I'm damn sure he can do something with the long staffs. Um, and, and I think you're right. I think it's, it's a sorry tale from our academy to see too many of these players hit that point where they then stall. But also, you know, there's a bit of clamour for you local lads to do well and that brings a different pressure like the person you could talk about that was Tony Loma mm. after he scored his, his first goal at 17 and just over 17 and a half and the next thing the Chronicle's got on the back page is the next Jackie Milburn and this that and the other Ian and, Bogey and, the next Gaza aye. yeah yeah, Joe and, Allen and, and, Joe, and we Joe Allen do that. pressure that Joe and was it, that. there's loads of there's loads of we've got through dozens of players um, like that Michael it's Chopper. well it's well-meaning on our part as a fan. It's well-meaning, I'm sure, on the part of sometimes the journalists who write these stories. But then comes a weight of expectation and the shirt's suddenly twice as heavy and it, 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 not everybody can live with that. Um, we need to be looking at development and we've got, you know, Ashworth coming in uh, sooner rather than later, hopefully, who's going to be part of that development. Uh, and there's no reason why, with the right hand, and that the Longstaff brothers couldn't stay at Newcastle for a long time yet and contribute to the team. Um, Sean was on a very different trajectory to a certain point. 
Uh, and you do wonder what would have happened if he'd taken a move somewhere else and what have you. Um, but I know fine well, and one some of the family as well as I do, they'd rather pull a black and white shirt on, and I think that's something we should nurture. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's going to be an interesting few months ahead, and uh, that's for certain. With uh, Newcastle hopefully securing the Premier League place, and then seeing you know who we decide to bring in, who we get rid of as well. Mm. Already talks of uh, as we discussed on last week's show of new contracts for the likes of Shaw and uh, Joe Linton and um, you know Shelby etc. Lots of lots of things being mooted. Uh, lots to come up over the, the summer, that's for certain. Um, yeah, Yano says, as a sports fan, I like many others, uh, we're truly sad to hear the passing of a, of a true sporting giant. Shane Warne will forever be one of the world's greatest. Uh, rest in peace. Michael Kelly says, evening, hope all is well. What are your thoughts on the report of grilling Eddie Howe about Saudi involvement in wars? And should they be sanctioned? Disgraceful comments, I thought. Michael, I couldn't agree more. Um, but you know what? Eddie Howe has an air of professionalism and he had that from day one because he got asked that question on day one and he'll continue to be asked that question, I'm sure, um, about the Saudi involvement. Certain journalists who will remain nameless have once again taken to social media this week and slated the club, slated individuals. We've got to get used to it. It's going to happen and we can't change it. We can't turn things around. Steve, it, it's it's great to see a manager who literally just sits there, keeps a straight face, because I'm sure at times he feels like going, ah! but he just keeps a straight face. And he's just, he's just honestly, after years of listening to the likes of Bruce and Pardew and Kinnear, all embarrassments on this club at some point in time at press conferences, isn't it great just to watch a manager deal with the press in the correct way. He's, he's better than Rafa. And I never thought I'd say that. He is better than Rafa. You know what was really good? I mean, I'm saying really good about it. What was really professional about it was the complete contrast between him and Thomas Tuchel. When he What can you say? He was like this. If he could have leaned any further forward, the camera, you'd have been in. <laughs> wouldn't he? Dear me, I've never seen anything like it. You know what? He did. Bruce did everything right. He he batted it back. He he took the he took the topic, and he let them know again for the umpteenth time that he's not going to get embroiled in that conversation. How long is it going to be before those reporters, national, international, and local, twig on? That they're not going to get a response from. They're not going to get a bite out of them. So it's pointless asking the question. Ask the people who are there and are responsible for it. Ask the government ministers. Ask the government officials. Ask the civil servants, servants or whatever that it's been done. Ask the Premier League. You know, ask Richard Masters when he's up on a stage. Don't come to Eddie Howe and ask him the question because Eddie Howe's there to manage the football club. I was slightly critical of Thomas Tuchel because I thought that, that A's reaction was poor, but B, it was more the fact that because he was being asked, he took he took umbrage at, at being asked full full stop. And I, I, I thought, you know what? In this situation and where we are in this in this particular week and what's been going on. Maybe she should have been a little bit more professional. Maybe she should have been briefed by the PR people and and, and understood that that question was almost certainly going to come and you were going to have to bat it up cleverly. But he didn't. But 
Eddie Howe did. And uh, for that, we're grateful being Newcastle fans, as you say. Um, just it's They're just going to have to learn that he's not going to fight. He's not going to respond. He's there, as he says, as the coach of the football team. Full yeah, it's, it's just refreshing, isn't it, Mitch, to have somebody who just knows what he's doing with the media. Very. And somebody who obviously spends his time talking to the media team. And, and listening to briefs and listening to what he should and shouldn't and how he should and shouldn't be handling certain things. Um, look, when they're asking stuff like that of the manager, they're hoping the manager slips up somewhere and says something that they can make a big sensationalist headline out of. A bit like, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, about the, 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 the way they've twisted Amanda's words in the last 24 well, hours. Well, look, you've mentioned and, it. Let's let's go for it. Because obviously Amanda Amanda was on this, you know, on the stage again, given, given and, her account on various things. Tell us what you think about that. Well, and she must have known 100%. She's walking into, into the lion's den and putting her head in the lion's mouth. The Financial Times sponsored summit with the questions being asked by Tarek Panya, who's done nothing but be critical of the takeover, the individuals involved in the takeover, Saudi Arabia, he's even had a go to Rubens at one point about something else as well. Um, so she must have known something's coming here. Um, I think in, on the whole, with the words in context and the words put in the right way, she managed a, a, an answer reasonably well. I think she was a little naive and got a little carried away at times. Uh, but we know that she's prone to that anyway. Um, and that's fine. That's part of the, the, the charm and the effervescence that makes her a driving force behind doing what she does at the Cassian United. And, um, but equally, um, she was also, I think, trying to keep the football world on side a little bit, which is a real delicate tightrope to walk. I don't see anybody else in the football world come out being openly critical and pointing fingers. And if she'd done that, that would have been another headline for them to have. And to have a go at not just Newcastle United, not just Amanda Stavely, but everything around it and dragged that back in. So it was a really difficult way to do it. She must have known she was walking into the lion's den and, and, and I think performed reasonably well. I think, yes, you can take some of the words out of context and make it sensational. I think there's some journalists, the one that's written to mind is Craig Hope, must be spitting feathers at his headline right there, who's written a sensational headline, which is, doesn't reflect the, the article he wrote at all. And if anybody's not seen or heard any of this, for me, there's only one article to go and read. Go and read Mark Douglas's article in the eye. Yeah, it's good. Um, it, it was the most straight-back, straightforward, no drama, factual layout of what happened. And a number of the places, because of various agenda that we could sit and predict all day long. We, it, it's one of, this is one of these weeks where Steve and I can sit back and go, Told you so. <laughs> um, it's just been one of them weeks, and so you know, it's been a. Um, it, it, I think, was it was brave of her to take that question on the way she did. I don't agree with some of the words she used. I think it could have been better phrased. It's allowed them to take it out of context. It's allowed them to have a stick. But you know what? Would I have done any better? Doubt it. <laughs> I think I'd have made a right arse of it, to be fair. Um, I think it, it was a really difficult position to be in and fair play for us standing up and being counted through it. As I say, I think it would be wrong of me to, to dress it up as everything's flowery and nice. That would be sports washing. Um, yeah. I think um, the comment about Roman Abramovich, like I say, I think it was more about keeping the sporting world a little bit on side. 
and trying to, uh, to just appease the, the football people in there. Because bearing in mind today, you've got the chief sport right, sports writer of the BBC, Phil McNulty, writing a gushing article about Roman Abramovich's time at Chelsea. I don't know if he's seen it. But it's really worth having a read because I'm telling you now, they wouldn't write that about Saudi Arabia in 10 years' time when they walk away. There'll be six pages about God knows what else. And and I think that's the, 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 the thing that's wrong here is there's so many different personal agendas going on. For Phil McNulty to write basically saying there'll never be another owner like Roman Abramovich. Aye, there probably won't be another owner who's, you know, supported a war in Europe. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's really quite the contrast to the way we get trekked. While the BBC seems to write every other week six pages of different parts of their website, which is anti Newcastle United and anti PIF and anti Saudi. Um, that's not to say that it's all rosy in the garden, because we know it isn't. We know there's questions that need being asked every day. We as question a fan need to be asked with all of these people. them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Question needs to be asked about all football owners, man. You know, just because just because Manchester United's owners aren't on the front pages or, or you know, don't have Saudi owners, there's this questionable ownership across the board. Do you know what I mean? There's been, and that's part and parcel of football. It's up to the, the, the authorities that be to get it right. Do you know what I mean? With their owners and directors tests. Um, that's where we're at, unfortunately. And yeah, you look, any excuse to hammer Amanda, that is, that is unfortunately yes. the media. Once again, that man on talk sport whose name will not be mentioned, um, but used to be a chairman of a football club himself, um, who I've had plenty arguments with, once again uses his social media platform to have a dig at that. And he does it all the time. And he's 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 done it again today. And from my perspective, do those people think, have got agendas. Do we not think the skeleton's in his closet? closet? Because hmm. I could tell the one here right now. Of course there is, but don't get the channel shut down. But yeah, I, yeah. You, you, yeah. Absolutely, you two absolutely know I could. I know you could, And you know yeah, who but... it's about and you know where it's come from. Exactly. And it's from, exactly. from the horse's mouth. He's got skeletons in his bloody closet. Of course he has. some of them got out, he would be bloody embarrassed about. And exactly. this is it. They all sit there in the ivory towers pretending that they're holier than now. Mm-hmm. And none of them are. What's, what's interesting about the whole thing, I'll, I'll, I'll come to the Amanda side of it, in the moment, but the, the, the Phil McNulty article that you're talking about, Mitch, what you've got there is you've got a sports reporter who is focusing entirely on the sport, entirely yes. on Abramovich, the football owner, and has decided to ignore Abramovich, the politician, Abramovich, the, the oligarch, Abramovich, the man, and if you look back in his history and find out how the money came, what he did with the money, how yes. the money's been spent, his links to, to, to Berezovsky, etc., etc., etc. That's all washed away. That's forgotten about. If that, as you say, if that was being McNulty writing an article about Newcastle United and its owners in 10 years' time, it wouldn't mention anything if the Saudis had walked away about, or if, if Al-Ramayan walks away, it would it would pick on the political side and you're castinated. That's my opinion. And that's the way it's sitting at the moment. Going back to Amanda, I think what we got there and what, what we had there in, in terms of what, what was written about um, and how out of context it was taken or whatever, what we saw, um, both yourself, Mitch, Steve, and myself, and others who, who know Amanda, what, what we actually saw and listened to was the human side. 
yeah. woman who wanted to sit, wanted to speak about the topic. She wanted to show that she has a, she, she cares about the, the club, she cares about the game, and she cares about people. And she's got a concern about the way that 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 you know, on a personal note, Abramovich has been treated in terms of the football side because that's well, then, that's all that's all it was. But as you say, you lift it out, you place it out of context. I, I criticised it, it, it. Well, I posted up an article um, that was in the Athletic, and I posted the entire thing because I thought that that it started off okay, and then it drifted. And as a sports paper, it drifted into the it, right into the deep into the politics in Newcastle United, and and deep into the politics of Saudi Arabia, and and Saudi as a country which has nothing to do with Newcastle United. And I did that, and I, and I know one or two people felt, you know, take it down. You shouldn't do that. Well, the reason I took it, I didn't take it down, is because I didn't write it. I'm just passing it up. I'm just showing, and I'm I'm saying read it and make your own mind up on it. And I think people probably did. Um, but it's it's. It's that fine dividing line, and we've got to be aware that the, the names that you've mentioned, that the, the writers, um, so-called sports writers who want to delve into politics but don't have the depth of knowledge, or the sports writers who want to ignore it entirely in a in another context because it suits them with another football club, and this is where this is the trap that we're all falling into, both fans like myself, like yourselves, and the sports writers, and the newspapers themselves that they're writing for. If they're a sports one, do they stick to sport or do they delve into the geopolitics world? And when they do delve into the geopolitics world, then it annoys those of us who just want to read the sport. If we want to go to geopolitics, we can go to the Times or we can go to the Guardian or the Telegraph or whatever. Um, or we can, or we can, we can find out what we want from reading some fantastic articles, especially at the moment with with regards to Ukraine and Russia and Belarus, etc. In the situation with NATO, and we can make our own mind up. We don't need these people to tell us what we think or what we should be thinking. Um, it's 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 harsh. I know it sounds harsh, but that's that's the way that I'm looking at it. I'm a football fan, and I'm interested in what Amanda has to say about Newcastle United going forward. And yeah, on the human on the human level, though, as well. You know, we know how hard she fought to get this this through, and how she felt, and how the amount of angst. And she's probably looked at him, put herself in that position. So, hey, what happens if somebody turned around and said, "You've got to give us all your shares back"? And how would she feel? And she's probably feeling that on that that human, that empathic level. Um, which again, that that probably doesn't work well in big business as football. But that's reality. That's what she's like. Yeah. You know, and and I, and I think also, you know, she's been beaten with a number of other sticks. Somebody having a go about having to dilute the shares if they want to invest loads of money. Well, that's not big news. That was actually my issue with the trust and the pledge scheme is once you've got your percentage, you need more money if somebody says let's invest. That was the only criticism I ever had for it, was that ultimately one day that, that percentage would be diluted. And that's exactly the situation they're just given there. And they're making it out like it's some sort of big thing. Well, no, that's how investment in football clubs works. Everybody knows that. But they use it as a stick to beat her with. Like they used the actually court case. Like they used the fact that the, 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 there was a loan from the Rubens to, to, to PCP. They enabled the whole deal to go through. And they made it out like it's some sort of big deal. And it's not. That's just business. Businesswoman does business transaction in big business way. That's not a headline. 
No, it's not. Um, let's just tackle this little elephant in the room as well. Obviously, we've made it quite clear on uh, NUFC Matters Three Amigos that um, we sometimes disagree. It might surprise everybody. We don't always agree. Um, <laughs> and I was just, you know, on a on a on a ride of positivity. Um, Newcastle unbeaten. Oh God, did I think I'd be saying that this season? But you know, I just felt that. The storyline, which, to be fair, Stuart alluded to on Geordie's here, Geordie's there on the Wednesday, um, about ASM potentially not going across there with a blessing, or maybe he's, maybe he's, you know, he's, he's having a little bit of time off again, which he did, you know, he's got a history of doing. Let's face it, um, it became that proverbial snowball going down the hill, gathering snow. And, of course, on Twitter, which some of our viewers, loyal viewers, aren't even on, um, it became, again, another stick to beat us with, to beat Keith with. Now, I I came out, and Liam came out. We're both on this platform. Obviously, I do it because it's my platform. Liam came out, he does the Tuesday show. And we both just said, look, we didn't name Keith. Um, we just said, because there's been a variety of things, including Keith's tweet about ESM, you know, why Why have negativity? Why come out with negativity at a time when unity really seems to be working in the dressing room and anything like that can build up momentum and can cause a bit of a storm that we don't really need? And, you know, journalists will get these stories. If we get them or you get them or Keith gets them or whoever gets them, then journalists will have them as well. Undoubtedly, that's sometimes where the story might come from. But just sit on it. At, the, at this moment in time, don't share it. Don't put it out there. If it becomes an issue, discuss it then. But it's not at the benefit of Newcastle United. That was the reason I put my tweet out, and I, and I think it was taken in that respect. I never got any, I never got any grief from it. I never got anybody hammering me. One or two people saying, "Is that Keith you're talking about?" I said, "Well, yeah, Keith's one of the people I'm talking about." Yeah, because I just felt there was no need to put it out there. That's my opinion. It doesn't mean I fell out with Keith. It doesn't mean I've, I don't speak to Keith. It doesn't mean me and Keith are forever enemies. It just means I've got a different opinion to Keith on that particular situation. You know, you lads might have a different opinion. I, I don't know. I'm just, I just want to get it out there because football. Key Batine or whatever he's called has, has asked the question and it was an elephant in the room for the week it's now yesterday's newspaper wrappers we're moved on ASM could be fit to play tomorrow we don't know um, I would be very surprised if he's in the squad we'll come to that later on but the you know the, the, the situation once again was just a social media drama that's all it was Steve Thank you just put just Raised the question of a player that he that he absolutely loves. By the way, uh, anyone who knows Keith and has listened to him spoken on about ASM will know that he's probably his favourite player at Newcastle United. Keith was probably well, I, I don't know what Keith was just raising raising the question. He was just he was just putting out an, his opinion, his his thoughts. Um, he, he doesn't necessarily put things out for people to then question. He just puts out he put put puts out his own own little thoughts. I wonder what's going on with the SM. If he if he is swinging the lead or if whatever it was, I didn't I can't even remember now because it's been a fortnight ago. Um, it seems to have caused more friction and more angst. Not Keith's piece, but the conversation about ASM in general seems to have caused more bother on other platforms um, as the week has gone on. And it, it's 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 a conversation that people can have. You can have a you can have you can have a, a, a conversation about whether you think a player should be in the team or not, whether you think a player is playing well or not. We've had I mean, God, 
It went on for about eight months with Joe Linton, with people just having a pop continuously. We then find a situation where ASM suddenly doesn't play against West Ham. He's 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 part of the squad. He's going to be there, and then it's never mentioned that there's anything wrong with him. And then all of a sudden, he's out of the team just like that, and then he's out of the country. So you know, this is what happens. If anything, it shows the appetite is still there for people to know and to, to question and to, to talk about what's happening in Newcastle United, um, whether it's among the fans or, or among the media. It's interesting that, that you know, some in the media did contact me and say, do you know anything more about this? Um, because obviously, you know, they ha- they were getting different stories and different opinions uh, to, the, to the one that I had. Um, and it's all—it's all fascinating. It's all fascinating. And then, when when their side of it starts to break down, and they start to query, oh, uh, oh, I was told he was going to be back tomorrow. I was told he was going to be back yesterday. I was told he's been back for 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 a week. I was told he was going to play last Saturday, etc., uh, etc. Et and it just snowballs on, and and you suddenly think. There's more, there's more to this, but there's more to life. The fact is that Newcastle United, for the last two games, have put in some brilliant performances without them. And, and we've survived without them. So, hey, happy days. You know, that, that shows that there's a, there's, a, there's a depth in the squad that even without the, the star that is ASM, the team itself can still shine bright. So, I, I, it's... Forget it. It's gone. It's it's nothing. It's a nothing story. It's a it's a nothing interlude in what is um, a fortnight without having to play a home game. You know, and thankfully we're back at St James's Park tomorrow. It seems ages since we've been there, doesn't it? It does. Hi, it does. Yeah, Mitch. Look, it, it it's, it's water off a duck's back. Any of this kind of stuff to me, mate. And um, it it just felt, you know, just felt unnecessary. It really did. And well, some people, some people thrive on it, as we know on social media. They love to see, they love to see a little bit of, you know, infighting. They love to see people fall out. Some of it's dumping mischief, but ultimately, uh, you know, it, it's about opinions. And and that's all. That's all. Keith had was an opinion, and you know, some of us agreed, some of us disagreed. Yeah, and and you know, I was aware. The information that Stu was given, I was given a few little bits and bobs as well. Um, and we both sat down and said, Look at the minute, they we're on the crest of the wheel, we're doing really well. If you want to sit and rock the boat, you're going to look like you're right now, and you're going to attract flat, and there's no need for that. Um, the stuff goes on in dressing rooms all the time, and I think the biggest difference these days is it's not just the local beat reporter that gets the wind of it, it comes out in some very weird and wacky ways. I mean, I've subsequently been told more stuff about the SM on his return to the country, which is very like well, the last time he returned to the country, and you know, I just laughed that off as well. It's typically SM, you know. Um, and and I think what I think more than anything else is that this is testimony to Eddie Howe in the dressing room and the way he has the dressing room working and the man management skills he has. That if there has been a problem, it's been tucked away and kept really low key. And it's been resolved in a way that the entire dressing room seem happy with. Yeah. And that's the important thing here. Is that everybody knows with a player like ASM, you've got baggage, for want of a better word. And do you, as a manager, as a captain, and as a squad with lead- a leadership group within the squad, Accept that baggage on occasion and say, well, that's just yes. And that's fine. And everybody can get over it. 
or are there people within the dressing room who just sort it out? Because we know that happens in dressing rooms too. But either way, um, what we see on the pitch is the United dressing room. What we see on the pitch is the United team. And that's all that matters. And and I think there's no need to go rocking boats. However, that doesn't mean somebody's card isn't marked for future reference. And that's a very different thing. I think that's that's two very, very different things. That if somebody's be critical, you know what, I'll let that go for now, but I won't forget it. Um, and, and I think I don't want to put words in Stu's mouth here. I think I know why he feels that the cards are marked for the ESM for him personally. And I get it. Totally get it. Yeah, and I so, think... but equally, um, there's a much bigger picture here, and that's Newcastle United Football Club. We all want to see it do well, continue doing well, and continue feeling good. Because all this, the only thing negativity does is attract more negativity. And that'll spark things off within the fan base again. And we, none of we need that shit, man. It, we, we need to be all looking in one direction, and that's forward and up the table. You often find, though, in a situation like this, that the negativity can just be washed over when a team is playing well. Mm-hmm. The negativity goes through a squad like measles when they're playing badly. And if this had been last October, November, December, oh, you yeah. had been there'd been little stories like that. Then Eddie Howe would have been hung to hung out to dry by supporters. The fact is that we're we're winning. What I'm not prepared to do is to think that every single thing that Eddie Howe says should be taken as gospel and I should be bowing down to him because I shouldn't, because I don't need to. Just because it comes from the mouth of Eddie Howe doesn't necessarily mean that it's true or it's right or whatever in in certain contexts. So when I, when I hear people say, well, Eddie said this, so it must be right, not necessarily. It doesn't doesn't mean that at all. Look at the bigger picture. Look at the where, where the squad is. Do your research. Find out what's going on, and then make your own mind up and identify. And then, and and you'll probably find that even when you do that, you don't need to talk about it and you don't need to push it out because all it does is reassures you in your own mind um, that at the end of the day, the team is still winning games, um, the team is the team is still moving up the table. And that little gap that we have between us and the relegation zone is getting wider. And that's that's the most important thing. Forget like it, the word you used was baggage. Forget the forget the chaff. Move it, move on from it. We can talk about it for as long as we like. It's not going to affect the squad because the mentality within the squad is strong enough because the characters we've now got in the squad are leaders and they'll sort out problems like if there are problems with SM. In their own inimitable way, I'm sure. As Steve, you will know, and Mitch, you will know if you've played football, how squads operate. And you know the personalities and you know the people who stand up and put certain other people in their places. And I'm sure that will happen, um, not just now, but also going forward in the next four or five years at St James's Park, as that squad gets more and more leaders within it. In certain... Yeah, no, good point, good point. I'm uh, trying. I'm, I'm actually having a, a little bit of a difficulty here. I'm not sure whether you can hear me twice. Can you? No, no, no. No, right. Okay, just, maybe it's just, just me hearing a little bit of feedback. Just faintly, technical, just technical faintly, side of stuff. What's that? Just faintly. Um, just hear you twice faintly. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna try and sort it out. I've got technical issues with loading 
pictures and it's StreamYard seems to be a bit of an issue at the moment. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to dip out for a second. Oh boy, you're not going through a Russian server, are you? <laughs> could be. It could it could, it could be that. Um, okay, here we go. I'm going to play the day we met. It's the system that's cocking up. I'm afraid, lads. Bear with us. Okay, here we go. We're going to go over the day I met. Okay, the day I met, that's better, I can hear myself now, um, is this one sent in by David Rennick. He goes, I've got loads more, but I feel that it's the most iconic quadrette near enough possible to not love this club with a moment and memories like those as a young'un. Uh, so here we go. He's got um, Pavel. Brilliant. Keegan. <laughs> Alan Shearer and Andy Cole. Brilliant, them. Brilliant. Fantastic, that, mate. Thank you, David, for sending this in. I've got a load of these to come, by the way, but unfortunately, it's just trying to catch up with them all. So you may have sent some of these last year, and I know David definitely did. Don't worry. If you've sent them in and you've sent them to us, we are coming to them, but we could only fit so many in per show. But thanks for sending them in, David. Absolutely brilliant, mate. And uh, keep them coming in, the DIMF. Now, as you know, John from QTech has his weekly uh, clue, uh, which builds up into four answers, and then uh, you win a prize. So uh, we'll get to that now. Sabat was the first one. And uh, the second clue was this. During his professional career, the player in question played in every outfield position bar goalkeeper. That was last week's clue. So this week's clue is this. Tulsa Roughnecks, 1981 to 1982 so you should have three answers now jot the answer to that one down and uh next week we will have the final clue and uh, then we will go to the chat for the correct answer and john will award the prize uh so thanks for that john uh food bank t-shirt is still up for grabs it's the peter beardsley one um if you want to get onto twitter it is up there and i, I believe as we're on air i think i've just had one of those messages that we occasionally get on a Friday. Um, yes, we have. It's from George Hayes. Uh, George Hayes has bid and donated already £200 for the T-shirt into the Newcastle West End Food Bank's account. Uh, so the Peter Beardsley T-shirt, which at this moment in time uh, is at the top of my Twitter, at Steve Wraith. Uh, the bid, uh, the highest bid was 50 with D not. Uh, 1979, he bid £50, or she bid, I'm not quite sure, but I would imagine it's a, a, a lad. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, George has put donated £200. I'm not putting it on Twitter as I may be upsetting people. <laughs> I don't think you are, mate. Uh, and he says, I really don't need a T-shirt. Um, so he's donated £214 to the food bank, it actually says. Brilliant. So, yes, uh, at the moment, you've donated the, the winning amount. Uh, so thanks once again, George, uh, which means that um, unless somebody can bid uh, the a pound more, then George, once again, will be the winner. Uh, don't forget as well, we've got some events coming up over the next couple of weeks that we'd like you to uh, attend. Uh, there is a NUFC Matters Live at the Marlborough Social Club, Saturday the 9th of April, uh, 12 o'clock, Newcastle play on the Friday. Tickets are at 10 at from newcastlelegends.com. Super Mac, Gibbo, me and Holly will be there talking Newcastle United to get yourself along. And uh, our summer do is up for grabs on Groupon and Woucher, seven and a half quid a ticket. And uh, Viva Morrissey is going to play 17th of June at the Irish Centre. Doors, seven o'clock. Get yourself along. A lot of the NUFC Matters crew will be there that night. I'm also doing a firewalk. Please support the firewalk. Uh, world record firewalk. Uh, it's www.wrfirewalk.co.uk, Saturday the 14th of May. And you can join my team by entering the code NUFCM at checkout. Uh, and I'm doing that for the Bradley Lowry Foundation. So get yourself along if you can. And uh, we've also got the Shearer event, which is selling quite quickly. The 260 Dinner. Uh, 260Dinner.co.uk is the website that you need to go to for tickets for that and it is selling quite quickly only 45 tables for that you can buy individual tickets a lot of people asking if you want to buy a couple of tickets just go to the website drop an email in and uh danny will sort you out and i will be at the dog and parrot tomorrow with supermac one o'clock and then round about 5 30 after the game so if you want to come along and meet supermac please do don't forget as well the food bank is going to be outside the ground you can pop along and get a photo with steve hasty uh, who will be there as usual. And if you can't get to the match, get yourself onto the website, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. Go to the match day bucket and you can make a virtual donation uh, that way. And a lot of people asking about the pool night. I've had a few people asking. John from QTech is going to sort that out. Uh, there will be an announcement on that uh, probably in the next couple of weeks. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'm going to give a shout out to the sponsors now. Thanks to SpiderVPN for all your internet security needs. Google SpiderVPN. They come up at the top of the search list and uh, they are the boys to trust. Thanks also to skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pays you go waste collection. Thanks to LNG Family Funeral Directors 01913897245 and the Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists. You can find them at www.thegohd.com. Thanks to Arcot Interiors. For all your kitchen necessities, get yourself down to Heaton Road in Newcastle or Google Arcot Interiors. They come up at the top of the search list too. And qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End in Newcastle. Thanks also to Klee Kai. You can find him at Google Play and App Store or Cleerun.game. Meet the new game, take over screen, drop into a Clay Run device near you. And thanks to Jab Signature and to Media Arts for all of our video content. If you want to subscribe to the channel, hit Newcastle Legends in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share, share on social media, and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. And to leave a question, subscribe as well if you haven't already. And we're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast providers. Usually goes up 24 hours 
after the uh, show has gone live. And why don't you become a cult member? Uh, well, you can do that by putting your phone over the QR code or going to the website nufcmatters.com. And for £25 one-off payment, you get a pen, a membership card, uh, a cup and a scarf and entry into the monthly draw where we give away some pretty splendid prizes. And on the website, we are selling those T-shirts for the Everton game. Uh, he's only got little arms and a picture of uh, England's number one <laughs> with little arms. Um, but yes, and 50% of that goes to the food bank. So get your T-shirt today. OK, back to the uh, the chat. And um, this was interesting. Terry put this one in. He goes, what's your thoughts on Fraser being nominated for Player of the Month? He's been amazing. But I think Joe Linton should have been nominated instead. Yeah, we've got this rare scenario where we've got uh, our manager and some of our players, you know, up, up for honours. It's it's great, Steve, isn't it? But yeah, what what do you make? What Terry's asking? It's it's a it's a good point. I mean, Joe Linton has uh, has been the sort of form player for the last what two months now, but uh, I think what we've seen with with Ryan Fraser has been a transformation, uh, nearly as good as the transformation that we, we had from Joe Linton. Um, I thought Fraser was outstanding last week, and I thought consistently um, outstanding the week before. Um, but last week, playing on the left-hand side, the difference I was talking, I've had this conversation with a number of people, the difference you get with with a left-sided player like Fraser playing on the left-hand side who can cross a ball is that when he puts that cross in with his left foot, it's coming in absolutely perfectly on the trajectory for a running-in striker of the likes of, of uh, Chris Wood. As opposed to if you have to cut back and you put it in and the ball's swinging out. That makes a massive difference. It might only be a second, but it makes a massive difference to the striker. And that was proved when the ball go, went over the top and, and they ended up with, with Joe Linton heading the ball in, coming in after, after Wood. You, for me, it's f much, much better. I'm not one of these for cutting in and you know playing a left-hand side on the right and right-hand side on the left. But Fraser has worked his socks off since he got into that team. He's... His work rate has been phenomenal. His attitude has been absolutely first class. And we're suddenly seeing, like we did with Joe Linton, the player that Eddie Howe had at, at Brighton, the player that made him a Scottish international, and the player we thought we didn't have. Because we've all been critical of him. We all question whether he should be in the squad. We all questioned whether he was the right calibre of person, whether he had the right attitude. But now that he's fit, and I tell you what, he takes a kick in as well, doesn't he? I mean, dear me, he's been kicked and kicked and kicked across that park for the last four, three or four weeks, and he's bounced back up. Um, and I think the lad deserves to be nominated as part of the official player of the month. Um, whether whether Joe Linton should be in there, there's nothing there's nothing to stop you having two players in. We could have done that for it, you know, but... There again, uh, controversial, I suppose, if they did that. Um, I bet it's happened with other clubs, but it would never happen with us. Yeah, um, with clubs. It's, it's just great. It's just great to think that we've got players that are that are now putting performances in that are worthy of being nominated for Player of the Month. And, and as for Eddie Howe, well, I think there's the, the run that we've been on, from where we've came from to the run we've been on, the, the, the attitude that he's got within his squad, the way that he's stuck by it, the way he's now got a formation, he's got a plan, he's adaptable um, without tinkering. He's not a tinker man. He's just a, he just adapts to situations. And we're now also seeing him bringing substitutions on, 
substitutes on that little bit earlier in a game and probably becoming more effective with the change as opposed to waiting until three or four minutes to go. All of that's part of the learning because he's learning about his squad. He's learning about the players he's got and he's got the confidence as well. And that's the same with Jason Tindall and the rest of his backroom boys. So, hey, I'm, I'm happy as a sound boy at the minute. Happy as a sound boy. And, and I, I, I just add, and I'm sure it'll crop up later on, somebody's bound to mention it, we're not conceding goals anymore. You know, we we were conceding goals. Goals were going in like confetti. Now, I mean, what we haven't we've only scored. I've been conceded three goals since the turn of the year. Phenomenal, absolutely brilliant for a back four that was getting criticised, and for the changes that we've had to make, bringing Dan Byrne in, losing Kieran Clark, losing Lascelles, losing Trippier, losing Manquillo, having to bring Kraft in, um, bring Target in. All of those changes, and yet. Steadily growing in confidence, growing in strength, and not conceding and playing as a team. It's it's great, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Mitch, it's great, isn't it, to have players just being you know linked with that kind of honour, yeah. and, and Eddie how deserves that award. How how certainly does, and I think when it comes to the difference between Joe Linton and Fraser, you've got to remember these things are being nominated by people outside of the club. We're deep in the heart of it. We've seen the steady rise of Joe Linton. But equally, we've been talking about that for a couple of months. Um, to someone from the outside looking in, Ryan Fraser has just suddenly appeared out of nowhere at top form. Bam! And I think that, to somebody making those nominations, probably stands out more than, than the change in Joe Linton, which has been a long, ongoing metamorphosis Whereas the Fraser change looks like, well, he just suddenly come from nowhere and turned into a different player. And, and I think that's probably why the difference in nomination would happen, because it's done by people not with a heart in the club. If we were nominating it, it would be different. Of course, it would be different. Um, and, and how certainly deserves every bit of accolade he gets. My, my concern on getting that award is that Klopp's won a trophy. And I suspect the... the uh, the, there'll be a, a, a bunching together to kick the vote that way. But do you know what? doesn't matter about manager and the votes. He'll be Definitely. our manager of the year when he keeps up, you know. So, um, it, 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 but it is nice. It's nice to be talked about properly. It's nice to be talked about in the football media without mentioning the sideshow and the politics and the geopolitics, just purely concentrating on the thing that matters the most to us. Which is the football, uh, and it's nice to have that. And long may that continue. Um, if, if we would scoop a couple of awards this month and take both, that would stick in the craw of so many people. I would love to see that. I think that would be fantastic. I don't think it'll happen, um, but that's my take on why I think Fraser's there as opposed to Joe Linton, because I think the people looking outside in suddenly he's had this fall of game run where he's looked like a monster. A three-foot-six monster, but a monster nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, life goes. Unfortunately not. It's the one-away game I just kind of get to over the next couple of weeks. Um, got me tickets for Chelsea, got me tickets for Everton, um, and hoping to go to Spurs as well. But I'll just not get to Southampton. If you're going to Chelsea or you're going to Spurs, definitely be able to say you mate. Southampton, absolute nightmare, the way that they flick the switches, uh, some of the fixtures around. And that's just a no-go for me, mate. I can't, I just genuinely kind of get there that particular day. So it's one I'm going to miss, unfortunately. Uh, okay, uh, as always, we've got uh, another one of our regular segments. 
So it is Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week, where you tend to tag us in some absolute belters on Twitter, and there has been a few this week, as always. Uh, this one um, from Kirk, he goes, Eddie Howe to be the first English manager to win the Premier League. Sky bet, uh, the quest to bet. So then uh, Sky's request to bet goes, apologies, Kirk, this isn't something we will be looking to offer. So Kirk replies, Mackham. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, this one, I, I know, is, I've already had part two, Jeff, uh, but we'll, Eddie Howe's trail of misery, I can see he's just going to continue adding to this, I hope. Uh, but I did get that, Jeff. I did chuckle when I saw it. I know you're in the chat, mate. Thank you for that. Uh, obviously, we can't, you know, look away from what's going on in Ukraine. It's, a, you know, it's, it's horrendous uh, loss of life. And, um, you know, we don't really know where this is going to end. And I, I just picked this out, you know, uh, this 80-year-old man um, showing up to join the army. Uh, with a small case with two T-shirts, a pair of extra pants and a toothbrush and a few sandwiches for his lunch. Um, he said he was doing it for his grandkids. I mean, this is where we're at now, people. It's uh, it's tragic, tragic and uh, tragic loss of life. Um, we've just got to hope that there's some kind of resolution can be found in the next uh, the next few days because um, if not, it's, it's only going to get worse. Um, but uh, thoughts with everybody uh, out there in the Ukraine uh, who was having to deal with this horrendous situation. This kind of thing we thought would put back, uh, you know, put put to an end in the 1940s. But it's clear that we've got another uh, idiot on the loose. And um, the sooner he stopped, the better. Uh, Paddy Power, they've been on fire this week. Uh, Leeds and Everton watching Newcastle disappear into the distance in the league table. Uh, I have got another one from them in due course. Um, this was good, Steve, from LNER. Yes. Uh, hi, NUFC. Are you travelling with us back to Newcastle? We'll send the train manager down to charge for those extra tickets. We've had a tip off that Joe Linton may be carrying the Brentford back for in his pocket. Cameron. <laughs> Thank you, Cameron. Brilliant. Very good. I think Cameron uh, might be from Newcastle. <laughs> I think so. Trevor Sinclair as well, um, giving us a, a different slant. This guy's a good guy, Trevor Sinclair. He goes, Kieran Trippier going above and beyond at the Brentford Community Stadium for that big bag of cash. And then he tagged uh, Simon Jordan in. Um, you know what? It's just yeah. great. And, and I've mentioned it already this week on the show, but you know, I was lucky enough to sit a couple of seats away from Kieran. And that guy is already as as mad as all of us Newcastle fans. You know, he was, within reason, living and breathing every single kick of the ball. Um, it was great to see. Um, okay, the next one was from the Food Bank, Steve. Um, and this this was just a, a nice, a, just a nice quote, I thought, Steve. Yes, yes. I'm managing Newcastle United Football Club, and I don't think it gets any better, said Eddie Howe. The only FC manager, after being interviewed by Kelly Summers um, on BBC Sports Football Focus earlier, and he spoke of galvanised the club as one and paid tribute to NUFC supporters. You know what? It's brilliant. The, the, the way that he's talking, absolutely superb. He even mentioned war flags and the, the, the atmosphere in his, that, 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 that the fans are generating. It's in Jim's part in his press conference today. Um, so refreshing to hear. So refreshing. Brilliant. It is. Big, big difference. Uh, Paul Mann says, my name is Paul and I also once slated the great Joe Linton. I am also in recovery. <laughs> Lots of people putting things out like that at the weekend. Uh, the guy is I'm, immense. And I'm one of them as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in that. 
And Superman and Gibbo, uh, two of his yeah. biggest critics, it has to be said. Uh, this was about the cup final uh, from Mark Byers. Is this game sponsored by Papa Cici? Uh, there was more offsides in that cup final than I've ever seen in my life. Um, and what a penalty shootout that was, by the way, lads. I'm glad it was. I'm glad we weren't involved in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not a goalkeeper either. <laughs> yeah, especially the one who missed the penalty. Um, Paul Johnson says, get Steve Bruce to manage Russia against Ukraine. That will solve the problem. It's <laughs> a good point. Um, I, I do like these photo ones that Ian Hull tends to tag us in. No, no, nurse. I said slip off his spectacles. <laughs> Thought you'd appreciate that one, uh, Neil. <laughs> yeah. You mistake the mate. Easy mistake to make, he says. Tune tunes. We're going to champion this lad. He's a top lad. Uh, I, I see him quite a bit uh, at home games. He's come up with a new tune. Uh, okay, Holly, if you're watching, here goes Abra Abra Debravka. He's going to reach out and grab you. Abra Abra Debravka. He's going to reach out and grab you to the tune of Abracadabra by Steve Miliband. Great stuff, eh? I was wondering what the tune was. I'm glad he tagged it on the uh, end. How wise of you not to attempt a tune, Steve. That's what you should have said. That's what my mate Dave Beanie would say to us. Uh, Sean Casey put this up. Steve Bruce's comments to the press are baffling. I told the players they needed to outscore the opponents. It's about an accumulation of goals, but they just don't seem to get it. That was uh, for, uh, as West Brom manager. Leave <laughs> goals. Bruce, score more goals than them, lads. That's war team talk today. Carol, who's starting though, Gaffer? Bruce, I don't mind war lad, just score more. Carol, but Bruce, war lads, I've got some oranges for half time. See you then. <laughs> Thank you, Dom K, for sending that. He says it was tweet of the week. Um, not quite, but it was a good one. Um, this was good as well. I got to send this one um, on Instagram. And it was just Martin Dubravka at Brentford. You can see him having a cup of tea and goal. Um, he's sitting on the sitting playing Connect Four, sitting on the corner of the crossbar. Um, but that was that was it was quite good. Yeah, he, had, he did have a quiet afternoon, and the one time he was pulled in for a save, he saved it. Jimmy Moore uh, becoming a legend on this program, mate. Um, yeah, after nearly a year and a half, I finally decided to shave the beard. Thank God, baby faced. He says, uh, "There you go." Yeah, Jimmy, it got a lot of reaction. That mate, it's good to see the two and army taking you uh, under their wing on Twitter. Uh, you seem to be having a good old time, mate. And uh, yeah, I know what you feel, mate. I did the same myself. <laughs> Uh, fresh as a baby's backside today, man. Um, David Shepherd, welcome to the cult. Cult member 119. So Brilliant. welcome, David. Uh, welcome into the fold. Good to see you there, mate. And uh, good luck with the prize draw. Uh, Pancake Day, of course. I don't know whether you had pancakes, lads, but uh, this one was doing the rounds. Ian Edgar sent it to us. Uh, it's Pancake Day. Here's a picture of some tossers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Did like that one as well. Uh, this one, Newcastle United uh, put this out. Ryan Fraser has been nominated by the Premier League for Player of the Month Award for February. Well deserved. Um, voting is now open. Ben Hughes at the bottom put. Uh, very fitting for him to win it in the shortest month of the year. <laughs> oh, cruel. <laughs> cruel. I think he's been listening to Kieran Trippier. Yeah. Uh, this was a good one. New London-based consortium is planning to buy Chelsea from Roman Abramovich. <laughs> the lads from Only Fools and Horses, of course. And this one, oh, that was from that, that was from the day I met. I knew I'd lost one. And uh, the day I met David Crone. So there you go. We'll put that in. Paul Sweeney. 
Wearing a rather dapper leather jacket on the left-hand side to David. I knew I'd lost that. That was brilliant, mate. Thanks for sending that in. Here is the tweet of the week. And this, <laughs> you will never be forgotten. <laughs> Bielsa's interpreter. The poor lad. Aye, poor Aye, lad. Honestly, what a job he had for a couple of years. Standing from the TV cameras, uh, that was it. Yeah, but fantastic that. Thanks for all of the. Thanks for all of those. Keep them coming in. It's always great to get the uh, the tweets of the week. We'll have more next week. Okay, um, yeah, Richard Morris put this in about war flags. Uh, they're going to be in the stand tomorrow, Steve. That's going to be a bit different, isn't it? I, I, I like the idea of them swapping around, going around the ground. It, it, yeah. And I think it, if we could ever have a situation where everyone's got flags, it would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that the, the, the Leeser's flag displays have been fantastic. Uh, I don't know whether it's put to the stand, the fact it's a bit more open, um, etc. But I thought compared to the Gallagher end, it was it, well, a, it was refreshing to see. But B, I thought it looked more spectacular, um, and especially when the, those with the flags were waving them when we scored goals and things like that. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see it um, on the East Stand. It's it's going to wake a few up. I used to sit in the East Stand myself. I know what it's like. I know what it was like. Um, like that when the sun's out. Exactly, exactly. You need more than shades, I tell you. Um, but it, I think, uh, you know, the very fact that there's there's been people asking in the East Stand to get involved. Um, obviously, people in, in the Leasers' end were asking and wanted to get involved. And I think if it catches on, there's no reason why it couldn't be in all four stands. Um, the, the lads are doing a fantastic job. Um, really, really good job. And I think there's probably also something going to gonna happen tomorrow uh, in terms of a little bit of uh, show solidarity uh, towards the people of Ukraine as well, um, which will be interesting to see how that uh, that catches on. I think the club's doing something. I think players are wearing um, specially prepared armbands, and there's going to be a display on the on the on the board everywhere, which is the reason why the Chinese uh, TV companies not to take the game. Um, surprise, surprise, um, because they don't want to get involved in politics. That's not like China. Is it? But, uh, let's, uh, let's do that one for another day. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really good, and I think uh, I, I just hope my pals get into the east stand out of the strawberry um, in time to actually wave their flags. So get yourself in there, Tony. You're gonna have to leave it a couple of minutes earlier than normal. <laughs> See everybody getting involved, mate, and just the the, the the way the club's changed in such a short space of time. I mean, we knew it was there, but it's it just it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've heard heard a rumor. It's just a big tartan blanket, isn't it? The flag for the east stand. <laughs> Give me some guy tucking it in around the corner, getting his flask out, you know. Um, <laughs> look at getting everybody involved in any way, shape, or form, and pretty much has got to be so much better than the bland, asinine thing that the pre match experience had become over the last 14 years. And to, to have a group of lads and lasses who've been allowed to take a spark and let it ignite into something and see the fans in the ground get behind it wholeheartedly, fantastic. And we need more of that. And the thing is now we've got an ownership who I think will run with things sometimes. And they'll not get everything right, but we'll forgive them for it because the things they do get right, they'll explode like this. And I think that's fantastic. You can't see anything else. 
when you're in when you're in the 1892 and you're sitting at the mm. table, maybe it's a quarter to three, ten to three, and the and you hear the the guys next to you go, "Hey, let's get in, let's get in there now." I've heard this. Let's see what the display is going to be today. And and it's there's like all of a sudden there's like twenty or thirty people here. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, forgot about this. Let's get in. And so there's people going in because they want to see what the display is going to be. It's caught on in that way, yeah. and that's 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 amazing. I mean, we're we're talking about a we're talking about a supporter base that if they could get away with it would walk into St James's Park at one minute to three. It's always been like that, hasn't it? You know, but we've now yeah. got people saying, "God, it's ten to. Let's get in. Let's get in. We want to want to see what the display is. Not let's see what the team is, or let's see what what they're, yeah. you know, whether the, whether the, there's going to be X, Y, or Z going on on the pitch, or whether there's dancing girls or whatever. They want to see the display. The the Gallagher the Gallagher lot the flags, the war flags. Have, it's been taken on uh, to to the next level. And the rest of the fan base are so appreciative of what's going on. And if people uh, who perhaps weren't aware that you can actually make a donation now to War Flags to help them do even better displays, so just go onto their website and have a look and and do so if you can. You know, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, James says the club should pay for extra flags using Gail's salary. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I don't know a couple of people say, like Gail will stick with that one. <laughs> a couple of people saying there's there's food, there's problems when I'm moving forward. Yeah, I think it's the internet here, guys. It, it, there's an issue with the internet today. And um, look, as long as the show is broadcasting, as long as you can see it, and as long as you can hear us, uh, that's all that matters. But it's clearly an issue with the internet today. Don't doesn't often happen, but at least we can still broadcast today, which is great. Um, yeah, Ryan says, regardless whether he's past fit or tomorrow or not, I wouldn't start ASM tomorrow. Um, I think he'd be better off on the bench than the last 30 minutes. Long-term picture is important. What's your thoughts? We'll come to that in the second half of the, well, the, second half of the show. Around about 7 o'clock, mate, we will do. So don't worry about that. Yeah, we are united. We'll be at the Dog and Parrot. Make sure you're there for 1 o'clock, mate. Um, that would be good to see you. And make sure you introduce yourself. Alan says, Amanda saying the owners are here for 20 years. Yeah, I mean... It's a long, it's a long period of time that um, you know. Look, it's great that she's enthusing about it, uh, Alan. I, I'd love to think that she would be, um, and you know, let's just see what happens. And you know, there's there's lots of big things going to happen. And Dan Ashworth's one of them, Steve. Um, and I think we called it on yet, you know, a couple of weeks ago. We probably think that Dan Ashworth, once we've played Brighton, will be announced. I think it's a, it's almost like a courtesy thing. He's been on garden and leave, Steve. I expect him to be announced next week. Yeah, he's got all the bulbs planted and he's he's ready to he's ready to, to get stuck in it Newcastle United now. Yeah, I think that's that that seems to be the opinion that it's sooner rather than later that we'll have Dan Ashworth uh, back at the football club. Maybe he's you know, we're now turning as as you say, get the Brighton game out of the way and we're into March. Um certainly not in much longer. Um you know what? Bring it on. Let's 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 Amanda says twenty years and you're saying that people might be looking at it and saying that's a long time. You know what? I'd make Ashley for 14. It flew over. You know, absolutely flew over. You can't believe that that was 14 years ago. You know, and that was 14 years of hurt. If we can get 20 years of success or even five years of success in the next 20 years under the under the current owners, um, we'll be absolutely over the moon. We'll be delighted. Um, it's 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 a club. It's a club going forward. It's a club in transition. It's it's going to change. So much over the next twenty years, and it's just something to really, really look forward to. Um, 
I'm just looking and thinking how old will I be in 20 years and I'm probably not going to mention it because uh, then, then you'll be thinking, Christ, he will be going to match with that tartan blanket again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this um, it's just something great to look forward to, um, you know, if, if that is the case. Is this, and we're only at the beginning of the journey, Mitch. That's that's the thing, isn't it? Look, you can pluck any, any number of years out of the air and that's probably what's been done there. Um, what the implication is is commitment, yeah. long-term commitment, not just to the club, but to the city, the community, the region, the fan base, everything that makes Newcastle United tick. And it's a it's a commitment that has a partnership feel about it, and I think that's why everybody buys into it. Yeah. Let's not be naive. Um, businessmen will do business to make money. And of course that's happening long term as part of this pro the project or whatever you want to call it. But what Amanda's absolutely laying down there with her words is commitment. And I think in a time when things have flipped this week from Saudi money isn't welcome in the Premiership to, oh, they must be kicking themselves that they haven't waited and bought Chelsea. <laughs> so, suddenly the money's good for everybody now. Um, and it reaffirms that commitment that there was only ever really one club for us. Yeah. Because like we said, like we said literally years ago, the best value proposition in the Premiership was Newcastle United on so many other levels. If they'd wanted a value club in London, West Ham was the club to go for. Stadium, academy, reasonably well done, and asking price under a billion. Um, they wouldn't have... Sticking three or even, you know, even two billion into Chelsea is not a value proposition. Because they're businessmen at the end of the day. And so... It's really um, important that the commitment to this process and the development of the Cassie United is reaffirmed and underscored as any opportunity possible. And that's exactly what she's done there, done it using very good language that we've all responded to. Uh, and as Steve's right, you know, we know what 14 years of being soulless feels like. What the hell does 20 years of being joyous feel like? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's more than the polar opposite, isn't it? It's it's so much more than the polar opposite. Uh, 20 years' time, you probably find me on a beach in Thailand absolutely off me nuts with delight because we're picking up our third Champions League in a row or whatever, you know. Um, it, it, it It's something that the legacy that will filter down to generations... Of, of fans I'm quite jealous in some ways of our Joss there's some of the things he's going to experience over the next 20 years that I wish I could look in that mirror 30 years ago and do it myself you know um, and that's the legacy we're passing on and the batons we're passing on to the next group of fans that come through like we've done before 
you know, as 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 we've all written in fanzines, written in the media, we pass that baton on others to do after it's been too much for us to to, to carry it one one time. And and as a fan base, you know, we've got so much to look forward to, and that commitment is reaffirmed nearly every week at the moment. And it's and it's nice that they feel that they want to reaffirm that commitment, and they're not doing that as lip service to us. It feels almost like two fingers to the rest of the football world. We're here, and we're here because we want to be here. And it's a big statement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Johnson says, Evening, can you please stop Steve Ray from singing? How are Brian? No need for that on a Friday. <laughs> End of the week. And Tune Tunes is to blame for sending such great songs. Um, and that was in tune. That was in tune. Uh, hi, <laughs> hi, lads. Uh, am I right in saying that the Leasers end when I was a lad, all NUFC, and the away supporters were in the Gallagher end? This would yep. be late 60s, early yep. 70s, or am I going yep. senile? Tom, you're not going senile, mate. Uh, you are uh, right on that score. Um, okay, we do like to have a laugh on this show, as you know, and uh, there is um, always one man to give us that, and it's Elliot Slesser. <laughs> So this week's joke is, I told the female doctor that my tennis elbow was hurting. She said, how many years have you had it for? I said, 15, love. Oh, hell yeah, man. I love that. Absolute belter. Absolute belter. Elliot Slesser, good luck, son, uh, in the snooker. He's um, back, back, back on the green bays. And uh, always good to see him out on the road. We're going to get him on the show. Um, we've got a couple of big names lined up from the world of sport. Chris Doby's going to come on. Uh, of course, done done well in the dart. Uh, and Elliot Slesser's going to come on as well. Looking forward to having the lads on. Both big Toon fans. So, uh, Elliot was on uh, in the old Instagram days, of course, when me and Mitch started the show off. So, uh, it'll be good good to get him on the proper uh, platform at some point. Maybe he'll tell a few jokes. Who knows? Uh, War Flags have just put this out. They're busy. Where, where we're sitting here, whiling away the hours on the internet, um, they are busy and uh, already it's starting to take shape. It's got a great look, hasn't it? The pitch at night, uh, it's always one of my favourites, but uh, absolutely fantastic to see that. Um, and, as always, time to get the laughing gear out and go for the tune lookalike. Noticed a trend in Steve Hasty lookalikes again this week. There's been a few, Steve. There's been a few. Um, it started with this, uh, with Rachel, who said, Steve Wraith, you called it two lookalikey, Old Hatonian and Barney. To which you replied, Spencer isn't happy. <laughs> and he wasn't. <laughs> That's it, you see, Rachel. Um, you don't want to upset Spencer, otherwise you'll be in trouble. Uh, this one uh, from Gareth Vardy, one of our sponsors at Spider VBN. Yeah. Uh, Josh Sargent from Norwich and Screech from Save from the Bell were definitely separated <laughs> at birth. They were, man. Definitely. Excellent, that one, Gareth. Well spotted. Superb, Gareth. Thank you for that, mate. And thanks for uh, jumping on board as well with the uh, with Nathan for the Shira do. Looking forward <laughs> to seeing you there. And uh, this one, 
again from Gareth. Every time I see Thomas Tuchel, my mind goes back to the Channel 4 pub lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, pub looks like he's uh, going mad about being asked questions about war there. Like, so uh, <laughs> definitely a good lookalike. Uh, we did get some, we've got some really good ones this week. This one. Now, <laughs> That's Jimmy. Jimmy Bullard, isn't it? Bullard, isn't it? Bullard, aye. Aye. Which one's Jimmy Bullard? (laughs) I can see where you're coming from, Lee. Uh, This one was from... um, This was from... Now, who who sent this? This Was it Alwaleed, I think it was? And I think he says, yeah, two look like Bruno. So that's obviously a journalist of some description in Saudi. Right. Uh, but I will lead sent us that, and he says that looks a little bit like Bruno. So yeah, I, I can see it. I will lead. I can see it. Um, this one from Kenny Ranson. He said we're doing South Shields in Harley's bar, and Mick Hucknell walks in. Now I <laughs> thought he was going to say that was Steve Hasty or Colacini, but it's actually yeah, it does look a little bit like Mick, look, Mick Hucknell. I think he's yeah. old, I think think he's. Um, I know, it's a strange photo anyway, but yeah, thanks thanks for that, Kenny. Um, this one from Rocky Tune. Uh, Zlatan and the Bosnian basketball player Nihad Derevic. That's brilliant. That one. They yeah. could be brothers. Yeah. Genuinely could be brothers. Definitely separated at birth. Uh, this one um, from Tom Dixon, Alex Kral and Colacini. Right. Similar Same, uh, mop. Yeah, similar mop. Um, I know we've got another couple from Tom Dixon. We've got this one. Arsene Wenger and Blanche from Coronation Street. And Robbie Savage and either of Jedward, he says. <laughs> Which is good. Tom spends a lot of time on these. He does, doesn't he? And this one, Mike Ashley yeah, and Bobby from King of the Hill. Brilliant. Very good. Which is uh, pretty good. Uh, this one, which again... Tom, I'm sure we've had this before. Slade. <laughs> Noddy Holder. Noddy Holder and Steve Hasty. <laughs> oh, say, say it's Christmas, Steve. Terry Armstrong sent this one. He says, I've just seen Steve Hasty getting a bit extra money working security at the City Hall. Damn, spotted. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a woman? God knows. God somebody- knows. Anybody with white hair and it's game. It's Gosh. game over. That's basically it. We've had this one as well, but Spenny sent this in. Didn't take him long. Leeds United look alike. Yeah. Bielsa working in yes. a uh, working behind a till, oh, which is uh, yeah, poor Bielsa. Poor, poor interpreter. Sam Chipperfield says, uh, since when did Steve Hasty play John Palmer on Home and Away? Um, no, no idea, Sam. Then what you're talking about? Sorry about the loss here, Grandad mate. As well, seeing yeah. uh, your, your stuff up there on on social media. Uh, this one was sent from JP. Uh, that classic. Um, I'm looking down on him. Uh, scene okay. from uh, back in the day, uh, and he's got Dan Byrne, um, Bruno, and I think that's Ryan Fraser, isn't it? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. see what you've done there, mate. Yeah, very good. Okay, coming into the business end. Last, this is the top four color coats. Thank you. He says, I'm putting this in for a lookalike. It's you taking a hair maker from David Batty. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Oh, oh, that's brilliant, mate. Brilliant, yeah. Very good. Very good. It did. It, it made us laugh anyway. Um, Andy Davis says, Steve Steve Wraith, this is a lookalike of Steve Hasty. Can he walk into any Witherspoons and get served straight away? Because he doesn't have to, and he doesn't have to pay for anything. <laughs> he says he looks a bit like Tim Martin. I wish I could. DL me. <laughs> Uh, this one from Wayne Bennett. Lookalike for Friday's show, American actor, musician Rick Gonzalez and our very own Bruno Gamarez. That's good. That Definitely one. see that one. Very good. Very good. Uh, and the winner. And this isn't the first time one of these people has been in the top uh, in the top position. Um, but you know why it's been doing the rounds. <laughs> has has Buller <laughs> and Richard Keys. <laughs> That's going to be the best one for weeks, that leg. It's so, Rob, Rob Hannaway, thank you. You have won tweeted um, uh, look at leg of the week. That was absolutely brilliant. Keep them coming in. I've already got a few coming in already, so keep them coming in. Send them to me, send them to Steve, send them to Mitch, or tag us all in, and then we'll all have a laugh uh, at them next Friday. If you want to search through me Twitter as well, um, I have been linking up with football prizes. Um, basically, they do a raffle. Um, now, the ASM one sold out in record time. They've done the Shearer one. That's nearly sold out. Um, just push, pushing football prizes a little bit to, uh, to help them out. And um, that one should be done, I would imagine, now. So there is going to be a new one going up uh, tonight, and it's going to be Joe Linton. So follow my Twitter, at Steve Rafe, uh, for details on that. It'll go up probably around about 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, and a chance to win a Joe Linton signed shirt, which is fantastic. I know he's got a trippier one on the way as well. Uh, and the new Food Bank T-shirt, which will go up at 7 o'clock or roundabout then, is this. Um, you will have seen a few of the lads wearing it. So John's knocked one up. Uh, ASM, um, I think it's ASM, on a Hawaiian shirt. So that's going to be the next Twitter, uh, Twitter T-shirt. Uh, I'll stick that up. You've got a week to bid for it. All proceeds, once again, going to the food bank. Uh, and as I say, it's bang on seven o'clock now. Uh, I don't think anybody bid whilst we've been on air. Let me just double check. No, George has won. So £214 he has donated to the uh, food bank. Well done, George. Thanks very much. Uh, and uh, he doesn't want the T-shirt. So I guess um, as long as Dean... Bids the put in the extra fifty, put in the fifty pound, then Dean will get the T-shirt. Uh, I think that's the way it normally works. So Dean, thank you. George, thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, you've gone a long way to helping uh, people out, which is what it is all about. And um, amazing, just the generosity of Jordy Steve for the food bank. And uh, once oh. again, you know, you're up there again tomorrow. Um, usual time, usual spot. Yes, everybody will be there tomorrow. Um, you know what? It, things are. I mean, it's just, this is first thing to say is this is our last home game uh, for a couple of weeks. You know, we've got away games uh, coming, so it's it's going to be. I think is it the 9th of April when we'll be back at St James's Park for the Wolverhampton Wanderers game. So that's quite a gap. Um, the demand for the food bank is 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 tough as ever. Um, you know, and, and it's there. I've, I've I've spent a little bit of time over the last couple of weeks with uh, with John McCurry. Um, you know, I've spent a bit of time um, just just really re-familiarising re myself with what's been happening. Um, but we've also got the added situation of in the next few weeks or so, you can imagine that will be people coming from from Ukraine um, as refugees. Um, 
not necessarily seeking asylum, but just seeking support until such time as they can get back. Um, and hopefully they will be able to get back. But that's not to say that that we're doing it in that you know for that particular uh, cause. There are people in the northeast who have been struggling for an awful long time, and will continue to struggle, and will continue to support. We support everybody who who needs it, and the work that the staff do there is absolutely fantastic. The volunteers, the people in the warehouse, um, everybody who who gets involved. And the only reason that it has its and I'm, I've used the word in inverted commas success. Because that's it's it's not a success to be to be having to, to be there. It's 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 very much the fact that because of the situation, Newcastle fans are willing to go that extra mile and support the food bank um, in this in this particular instance in this particular time that uh, that we're, we're able to support it in the manner that we do and and we're. It's it's very very successful from that perspective that we're helping the community at this particular time. So um, huge thanks to everybody who comes along on a match day, everyone who supports, everyone who's who's making donations and bidding for the t-shirts and all of the other stuff that's going on. Um, the people who do their own collecting and every every single volunteer, those who shake the buckets, those who come along to chat. Everybody, um, it's a united effort, and it's it's it. I can't commend uh, Newcastle fans enough for the work that they're doing and the help that they're giving. Uh, just to confirm as well, the shirt that I put up there before, the Allenton Maximum shirt, uh, which John has designed uh, as a one-off for the food bank, will be signed by ASM, oh, which is brilliant. great. So that mm -hmm. makes it very collectible. Uh, ASM will sign it. Uh, so get your bids in. I'm going to stick it up on Twitter in the next five minutes once we uh, get uh, cracking with uh, looking ahead, I guess, to uh, tomorrow's game. Newcastle play Brighton and Hove Albion at St. James's Park in a good old-fashioned three o'clock kickoff. No TV transmission. Uh, the game, once again, is sold out. Uh, this will be the 10th game between Newcastle and Brighton and Hove Albion. And Newcastle are yet to win any of them in the Premier League. Uh, with five draws and four defeats. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion have won two and drawn the other two of their four Premier League visits to St James's Park, uh, with Newcastle having failed to register a single goal as yet. Uh, obviously, following victories over Villa and Everton, Newcastle are going looking for their third successive home Premier League win, which is something they haven't done since those days under Rafa Benitez in 2018 2019. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, me and Malcolm McDonald will be at the Dog and Parrot at one o'clock and then at 5.45 after the game. Come down and see us. It's kids friendly. Uh, there's a pool table, good beer and good food to get yourself down. Uh, as for injury news, well, Newcastle uh, are still without Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier. Uh, still no news on the availability of ASM, although he was back at the training ground today uh, and had been taking part in training. So we are hopeful that he may well uh, be playing, well, at least play some part, it has to be said. He, of course, missed the last couple of games with a calf problem. Um, Matt Ritchie is still out of uh, out of contention as well. Um, he's missed the last six games uh, with a reported knee problem, uh, but he is expected to join training next week. As for Brighton, well, Adam Webster isn't expected to feature, but Adam Lalana may feature tomorrow for uh, 
the Seagulls. Um, Graham Potter's side, of course, suffered the third uh, successive Premier League defeat without scoring when they got beat off Aston Villa 2-0. Uh, on the road, though, they are a hard knock to crack. Uh, they were only beaten twice, uh, once at Aston Villa and once at Manchester United. They have uh, managed to get uh, a league-high total of seven draws away from home. Uh, they have won games at all of our relegation rivals, though. Uh, Burnley, Brentford, Watford and Everton. And uh, as I mentioned the other day, uh, Brighton have confirmed that they're going to wear their yellow and blue third kit uh, tomorrow, which publicises a scheme donating profits from the sale of them to the British Red Cross Ukraine crisis appeal. Martin Atkinson is back in town in the middle. Uh, he is our referee. Uh, he took um, the middle for our first game, the 4-2 defeat at home to West Ham, and uh, the 4-0 home defeat by uh, Manchester City. VAR, which has been switched on in recent weeks for Newcastle, is Lee Mason. So, lads, I guess the, the big question is, do you want to see or do you expect um, an unchanged team? Um, that's what I'm expecting. I think Newcastle will have an unchanged team. Um, what, what's your thoughts, Steve? I think they'll have an unchanged team as well. Um, we've said that it's uh, for a number of weeks now that that's the way that anyhow seems to be operating. Um, he's he's not a tinker man, you know. He he's not a square peg in round holes man. Um, he's got uh, he's got a fixed way of playing. He's got a style of way he plays. He's got a formation that he likes. That's not to say he's not adaptable and he's not uh, he's not up for change when change is needed. Um, but I think what we've got is we've got a camaraderie, we've got a winning mentality, um, and we've got players who are putting in really, really good performances. Um, and I don't think there's any need to change a winning formula at the moment. There will be requirements to do so moving forward with the fixture congestion that we're going to be coming into. Um, and I think that's when you'll you, you might see some some key changes in personnel. Um, but the, 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 I suppose the elephant in the room is the ASM situation. Um, I listened to Eddie House press conference. It was quite telling, I thought, in some of the things he came out with. He, when he was asked about ASM, he just said that um, he hasn't trained and um, he was hoping that he would be um, making some sort of contribution in training today. When he talked about Dan Byrne, he talked about how fabulous a guy he is, what great trainer he is um, and he talked about what he's brought to the squad and um, he did he did exactly the same um, with other players that he mentioned and I thought it was I thought that was quite telling um, and I think that ASM will be if he's been injured for three weeks he's been out of the team for three weeks he's only just returned back into training the day I think we'll be asking an awful lot for to see him go straight into the first team um, as part of the first eleven. Maybe have him on the bench and bring him in carefully. Get a, get another week so a week of, of fitness under him um, for next week um, and see where it goes from there. But at the moment, I think that uh, it's far easier a decision as a manager to make that you keep the winning formula and the winning formation going. So I think it'll be I think it'll be the same. If I was a manager, that's what I would do. But I'm not the manager. Okay. What about you, Mitch? Unchanged. 
in general, I would tend to agree. Um, I certainly don't think ESM will come in. I think he'll be on the bench. The one change I think that could be made if he's fully fit would be to bring Mankillo in for Kraft, just because Brighton have a degree more mobility than some of the teams have played recently. And I think Mankillo might cope with that mobility a bit better. But how tends to stick with the, the side that's done them well. And I don't certainly don't think Kraft did anything wrong at the weekend. So if he loses out or misses out, he'd probably feel himself to be unlucky. So I think as a as a as a rule, I'd say no, probably no changes. But the one that I might look for or look out for might be Mankillo coming up Kraft. Okay, yeah, I've got no idea where uh, Toon Tipster is. I've not heard from him. I'm not sure if he's okay. Have you heard from him or, or not? This isn't no. a joke, by the way. Is he all right? Does anybody know if he's okay? Um, not heard any had any communication from him today, but uh, no yeah. Toon Tipster, I'm afraid. So I can't even give you any odds because he's not even sent us an email. So uh, yeah. I hope he's okay. You know, what I would add to, to what we're talking about in terms of the game tomorrow, I, you know, as, as the club moves forward, you know, at the moment, we're not Man City. You know, we haven't got an abundance of, of mm. players of absolute quality who have been coached and coached and coached to play a particular way and where the manager looks ahead two or three games and he, and he goes, you know what, I can make that change without impacting whatsoever the style that I'm playing because he's, he's got it down to a tee. And, but it's taken him four or five seasons to get to that point. That's, that's, that's what will happen. Going forward, that's the twenty odd, the twenty five man squad that you're utilised, where you, where players know that they could be out for three weeks and then they could be brought back in for a midweek game or a cup game or a Champions League game or whatever. We're not at that level, and we won't be for quite a while. So what we need to do is we need to be picking up points. And Eddie Howe will be looking and going, this is a team that I think that can be picking up points. They're already picking up points. I'll keep it that way. I don't want to make the changes until I have to make the changes. And I think that's that's the that's the management management mentality that most managers in that situation have to have to do. He hasn't got that abundance of riches and that that quality in the team where you've got two players for every position who are almost just as good as each other, and they slot in and then they move out. What we have is we're in a situation where when somebody gets the shirt, they keep the shirt until such point as that out. Not performing or injury, and I think that's the that's the difference, and that's that's what Eddie Howe's doing at the moment. Um, moving forward, two three seasons, I'd love to think that we've got we've got Eddie Howe in the position where he's got an abundance of riches and quality in his squad, where he can do what the likes of Guardiola is doing at City. Yeah, okay, we do have uh, Tune Stato though, so uh, let's hear what he's got to say. Hello amigos, Brighton at St. James's Park on Saturday. Brighton are the last side in the Premier League that Newcastle have, hasn't defeated in the history of the Premier League. Brentford was the other side, but that record is down after the last weekend. In nine games so far against Brighton, we have five draws and four losses, with no goals in the four games so far at St. James's Park. There are several records there. Actually, Four games without a goal is the longest uh, run in Newcastle's entire league history against any opposition. And uh, Brighton's current record of four successive games at St. James's Park without conceding a goal is uh, the record so far in the Premier League. When it comes to the referee, Martin Atkinson, he's coming for the third time to Tyneside this weekend. And in the previous two games, Newcastle conceded four. 
to West Ham in the first game of the season and to Man City in uh, end December. Now, uh, if uh, Newcastle are to win, it will be the third successive win at St. James's Park, which will be the first time that it happened since 2019, again in February and March, under Rafa Benitez at the time we beat Burnley, Huddersfield and Everton. So, let's see if we can repeat this. All the signs are that we should finally break the duck against them on Saturday and I'm looking forward to what would be the first ever win against them in the Premier League. Okay, great stuff as always, Andre. Stay safe, mate. Uh, nice to hear from you. Dan Byrne uh, must be looking forward to this, Steve. It's the Dan Byrne show, isn't it? Tomorrow he's uh, only recently left Brighton, um, left a gaping hole at the back four, as we know. But um, yeah, he must be looking forward to playing against uh, a club which he served so well. Yeah, and I think Dan Byrne will be just so excited to be putting on a black and white shirt as a Newcastle footballer, as a Newcastle fan. And as someone who used to sit on the terrace, sit on this in the stand, watching Newcastle United as a kid, I, I mean, all his dreams have come true at 29 year old. Uh, and tallest player in the league, I think somebody said today, uh, at six foot seven. Um, I think that was in in reflection of a conversation about how short uh, Fraser was. Then, but uh, so I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say that it's definitely that tall. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's face it. He's he's, he's come in, and it's like he's been part of the squad from day one. You know, it's he's just he's just cruised in. He's 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 going to end up being another cult hero, isn't he? Uh, the fans have taken to him, and he's he'll. I mean, I love that tackle that he put in when the ball went out to play, and he still took Bowen out. That was that for me. That was that was absolutely brilliant when when he when he clean Bowen out after after the whistle had already gone, and then he looked at him as if to say, "Well, what's your problem?" You know, we haven't seen that in any castle player, other than the fact that somebody writhing in because they've they've just become frustrated and annoyed. Um, with with the hand, it was like he's putting his presence out there. Um, he seems to have produced with alongside Shaw in in uh, what could turn into a nice little partnership as well. You know, um, one who's going attacking the ball, and the other one who's who we know can play football and is a ball player. Um. So that's working quite well. Um, the fact that he's left-sided that helps. Um, that just gives a little bit of balance uh, to the to the, the two central players. Um, and his sheer presence and yeah. and his exuberance. And as 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 Eddie Howe said today, you know, he's brought something into the changing room, um, a mentality, um, a presence, and as a mature footballer. Coming to his hometown club, probably an enthusiasm that the other squad, maybe the rest of the squad, wouldn't have seen from just a normal signing. And he's gone in there and he's probably been lucky to have arrived roughly at the same time as Kieran Butler, who is also a leader. And I think that the two of them will bounce off um, each other. And I think that we're, we're, we're only going to see good things from Dan Byrne going forward. A lot of people keep saying, oh, I can't wait for a goal. I can't wait for a goal. He's not necessarily the sort of six foot seven player who gets on the end of crosses in the box and puts him in the back of the net. Mind if you want to look at his record on goal scoring, it's not the best. What he is, he's a stopper. He's a genuine centre half. He's a sit your head in. He's a hard man, um, and he's in and he's a Geordie. So we're all behind him. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Really, to see you know somebody like him as a centre half, Mitch, for us. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still impressed with some of the 
subtle in little things he does. Um, he's, he's aggressive, but not over the top. Uh, looks comfortable to, to control the ball and pass it, but equally with his head, um, some of those cushioned headers, like I've said before, are just fantastic. And a really hard skill to do. Boy's own stuff would be if he, if he managed to score from a corner against his old club at home for his boyhood club, you know. These are the football stories that write themselves and they do happen. I'd love it for it to happen tomorrow. I mean, God, you imagine you'd get mental. You'd probably get everybody <laughs> else's shirt off. Mental. We would go uh, mental. You know, We'd go mental. <laughs> he'd just rip everybody's shirts in half and also it's probably. But um, you know what? You deserve that as well. Um, I think the other thing that it, it, it's worth mentioning is you know, I don't want to easily have bloomers that turn up every now and again. Yeah. The Arian Wrights and the Les Ferdinands and they don't come very often, but when they do come, they're usually proper gems. And we've got the opportunity to have him in, in our squad now for the next couple of years, and that's making the most of it. And even better, he's a local lad, and and that satisfies that itch that we all have to see a local lad do well in the team. And this one's not come through the academy. He's not come through the conventional route, but he found his way back home eventually. There was a young man called Alan Shearer did something similar once, and look what happened after we signed him. You know, I'm, I'm I know I'm in Cloud land at the minute now a little bit, but this is what being on the top end of the bounce does. We can start to dream and enjoy and look forward to things, isn't it? Amazing to hear Andrea doing his stats, saying about, "Oh, this is the time to break this run." <laughs> Ten weeks ago, we, oh well, you know, we've not won against them, and we're on a really bad run. Yeah, we'll probably keep going this week. Now we're talking about, right, let's break this hoodoo. Let's get them beaten. Let's keep this run going. It's amazing what a few weeks and that little bit of confidence can do. And Dan Burns part of that. Yeah. Who's your bottom three, Steve? I've asked this, um, you know, a few times during Scrap the season. I mean, it's... Ju- bab shop. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen that. Um, who's, who's your bottom three? I, I, I've gone... I, I've, I've changed, like you've changed. We've all changed, I think. Norwich and Watford, I still think. I mean, I've had one or two people this week going, oh, I think I think Watford will get out of it. You know, they've got a good manager in there, etc. But I still think Norwich, Watford, and you know what? It's it's a flip of a coin between Brentford and Leeds now. Brentford, Brentford really do look lost. They look they look devoid of ideas. And but I think Leeds, it really just depends on whether Marsh can come in and, and get them. Excuse the pun, marching on together. Um, if he can, Leeds will stay up um, by the skin of their teeth. But a lot of people saying the Scouse Mackhams and Everton could, I, I cannot see that happening. I think Lampard will get something out of them. I think he is a good coach. I think he will get something out of them. I, I think it's between Leeds and Brentford, you know, and it's a flip of a coin. I think so. I think you're dead right. I think it's th- it's between those two. What I would say about Leeds, if they can get some of their players back fit, if they can get Calvin Phillips back on the pitch, I think that could be a big turning point for them. Um, and I think I think you're right. Brentford do look lost. Um, they, they 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 kind of buy a win, um, and from such a good start to the season, to watch it tail off in the manner it has, Leeds have Leeds have been crippled by injury. You know, absolutely devastated by injury. And the and the way that Leeds have played, Leeds can play absolutely scintillating football or they can get destroyed. And that was under Bielsa. I think they can still play the scintillating football, but with a, with the new manager and with the manager, the bounce that you get with a new manager, you'd think that all he's got to do is tighten them up defensively um, by, you know, that, that 
that few percentage marks that's needed, and they get they get a win under their belt again, and they start to 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 gain that level of confidence. And as I say, if they can get the likes of Phillips back on the pitch, um, I think that could make a big big difference to them. Um, so it's between the two, but I'm going to go to Brentford as the third place. What about you, the Mitch? Who do you see going down? I don't think it's cut as dry as that. I think, yeah, Norwich and Watford look gone. Um, Burnley are playing well now. But what happens if they go through a little wobble? They could sink back into it quite easily. I think Leeds' managerial appointment, quite a baffling one, really, for a team that's in, genuinely in a relegation battle. That could go very, very badly wrong for them. Kind of some of these... Um, you know, some of these managerial appointments at this stage in the season, that one does genuinely make me scratch my head. I'll have a chat with the Leeds lads tomorrow. I'll be getting in to watch our game after their game's finished. So if I can see that most of the chairs have only got three legs and there's a smouldering barbecue in the corner and there's other tables upturned, I'll know what's gone wrong when I walk in. Um, I'll see what they make of it and I'll see what they think of it and let's see how they play it tomorrow. Everton, while we're on, let's have another I told you so from last week from me and Steve. The, the connection to, to Usmanov and the USM company that they initially said was going to be sanctioned and then said bizarrely about six six hours later, oh no, 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 that's not that company, it's a different company and it's one that piff on. Um, now it suddenly turns out it was that company and all the sponsorships coming off. Um, this isn't helpful to them in the situation that they're in. Because this puts an absolute massive hole in their finances. I don't care. You know, I haven't spoken to a couple of Everton lads that I know out here. They reckon they'll be okay because the, 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 the other one's a billionaire and he'll be all right. Well, yeah, but he also doesn't have a magic money tree or piles of cash sitting in a safe that can just suddenly chuck into the club. It puts the whole FFP balance at risk, losing all of that sponsorship. And, and that's a club that spends half a billion in the last 18 months to get worse. And um, so I'd be very interested to see what the morale in that club's like at the moment. Um, I'm still not convinced about Lampard as a manager. Um, I think he, he rides on his father's reputation a wee bit. Um, sorry, on his, on his uncle's reputation a wee bit, rather. Um, but I also think he, um, he doesn't come across as somebody who inspires and they may have a cup distraction. That they're as bad as us about getting distracted in the cup. Yeah. Um, and so, again, they're going to be they're going to have fixtures piling up that they've got to fulfil around a potential cup run. Um, they need to turn around and start to get on a bit of a run like we've gone on, and a bit of a run like Burnley have gone on. And from what I've seen of them, I, I can't see that coming out of them. And I, and I think of all the teams that are down there, what Leeds have got to do is tighten up. You're quite right, because they're leaking like a sieve. And it's going to take a lot more than a, a manager to do that, I think. They need players back fit. They've got players who allegedly should have been back already, who've all had setbacks in, in, in recovery. Um, they're in big trouble. Everton, I think, will remain in trouble towards the end of the season. Um Burnley's run of form, I think, will come to a little bit of a, a, a judder somewhere soon. Um, and I just don't think it's cut and dried. My, 
my head says Leeds because I think the managerial appointment isn't the right one for them at this thing. I think they've gone the wrong way. It's a brave appointment. I think it's too brave. And I've seen enough of them this season and talked to enough of their fans this season to know that it's a bit like us and Apogee. When we were good, we were good. But when we were bad, we were bloody rubbish. And that's exactly the same. Um, and they're being bloody rubbish at the wrong end of the season. But I just don't know how this um, business with, with Usmanov is going to affect Everton as a football club throughout. Um and I think they will still be in the mix until the last day of the season. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I love it. I love it when you're not involved. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's the run of fixtures that all the clubs have as well. When you look at this, yeah. all of a sudden you, you suddenly see Everton have got four really, really difficult fixtures where on paper you're looking and go, well, if it was the leads that were no, they've, they've got two decent games where you can see them picking up points, but it depends on which leads is turning up. But with Brentford, you just kind of buy a like just kind of buy a win, you know, and, and you can see that the the morale is still there, but there's just not getting the wins and it's it's kind of drifted into a habit. I can see the reason why there are issues at Everton. I can see the reasons why there are issues with leads, but I can't see the reason for the issues at Brentford other than just haven't got it. Look, I, 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 I tell you what I saw at the weekend out of Brentford. That signing of Ericsson did give them a bit of galvanisation. And when he came on, they did lift. The entire ground lifted. Oh. And for them, that might just be the difference between scrambling a few more points to stay out of it and not. Could I be. don't see that from any of the other clubs around them. You're right, Steve. Everton's fixture list is awful. People are saying it in the chat as well. They've, they've got a horrendous running. They really have, and that is that. That no, it just depends. Lampard is he's, he's got a big test coming up, and um, like you know, it'll be interesting to see where we are at the end of the season. Ian McKenna, Brentford have got a good manager, and that's it. Yeah, he is. He is. He is a good manager, but the come and go, uh, that's the problem. Bielsa is a good manager, but look what's happened to him. He's been found out. You know, all those goals are conceded. Yeah, they're missing players, but a good manager or a good coach finds a way of dealing with injuries. We've had injuries over the last few weeks, which people, you know, people said when Trippier's out, that's it. You know, that's a nightmare. You wouldn't, you couldn't tell. Then ESM, Callum Wilson, all missing. A good manager still manages to get the players coming in, playing exactly the same way. Yeah, and and the thing with it, when you get a fixture pile up, or when you get that, when you get that run of fixtures that Everton have got, it just needs those around you to pick up a couple of points, you know, three a, a couple of wins, and all of a sudden you're below them, and you kind of buy a win, and that's when the pressure, and that's where you'll see whether Lampard's a really good manager or not, whether mm. he's a good coach or not, whether he's got it, and also whether his squad have got the guts for the fight. Because that's another thing. Because what I, I watched Everton the other night, and and you see the heads go down, you know when you, you see attitude, you see arms starting to flail around, you see defenders starting to make mistakes, you see the goalkeeper flapping, but you see that every week anyway with Everton, so it doesn't really matter. But you know, you know what I mean? It's 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 how it's the body languages. We've we've talked about body language players before. Um, when you see the body language of certain players um, and how it can impact on on a on a on a performance or on a teammate, and that's when this that's when this starts to it starts to unravel. And uh, if you if you're unraveling while you're not getting the getting the points picked, being picked up, 
then it all, it's all changed. So, Mitch, you might be right. You might we might see an Everton down there among the dead men uh, sooner rather than later. Um, as you say, Steve, going to be interesting. Definitely is. Uh, okay, give us your prediction, Steve. Two nil win. You went for two nil. That's right, uh, Mitch. You've got to get the dice out on a Friday night. Oh hell, so, I forgot uh, about that two seconds. He's off. He's off. Well, while he's doing that, while he's while he's oh, he's got it. It's, it's easy to get. I was going to go for uh, Judy's favourite part of the night, but we'll wait for Mitch to get the. He's getting it out of its special box. No. Or bag. Special or, bag. No special bag. So the right. uh, the dice has come up one one. Oh, Bloody Brighton. Right. I know. Bloody Brighton. Okay, Bloody one Brighton. one. That's the look the lucky dice says one one. That means the unbeaten run keeps going. Uh wouldn't be ideal. We want to win. Uh, but there we go. Two nil, Steve predicts. I'm going for one nil. Um, I fancy Chris Wood to beat the to beat the dreaded duck tomorrow. That'll be fab. Yeah, one nil, Chris Wood. I think it'll be a tight, awful, scrappy game, but I think Newcastle will get the win. So we give Mitch um, another go because he got, can he have his own choice as well as the dice's choice. <laughs> go on, yeah, go on, Mitch. What's your prediction Two without nil. the dice? Two nil to Newcastle. Two nil. Wood and Wood and Burn. Big damn Burn. Okay, here you go, Julie. Quite a boring week in the world of trolldom. Like, I think people are giving in. I think they're packing in now. They're packing in. So it's uh, just gone back to basics from B. Fitzpatrick. Baldy Tory. That's it. It's, I'm sorry, sorry, Julie. It's well, nothing exciting. It's nothing intelligent. Not even, it's just... Not even a nonce this week. Jeez. I'm not, I'm not even a nonce. No, just Baldy Tory. That's it. Baldy. So uh, thank you for your input. Uh, another one on the block list. And we move on. I'm back 10 o'clock in the morning with Mick Lowe's. Great to join uh, Mick on a Saturday morning to look ahead to the game. I'll be at the Dog and Parrot at one o'clock tomorrow, so pop in and see us. And uh, I'll be back with the lads on Wednesday for Geordie's here. Geordie's there. Steve, Mitch, have a great weekend, lads. Uh, and uh, see you soon. Take care. Take care, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Enjoy the game.